It is the Chattanooga Drive-In Show to which you are currently attuned and nestled in your ear hole this morning. What are we putting in your ear hole? You don't know. You don't know yet. You won't know until a little ways down the road. Hopefully it'll be entertaining information and informative entertainment. The Chattanooga Morning Drive-In Show, a podcast recorded with professional podcastinators. Jeff Styles with a Y, that's me, Jen Lambert, that's Russell me. Stroud, yeah, her and him, other guy, Brian Stone. And we're here in the Lodge Cast Iron Studio, and we're proud to be here on a busy Tuesday morning. Um, we'll get to the first part of the show. The show is broken up into segments to make it easy to listen to, and that way you can always, you know, rewind, fast forward, skip parts you don't like, go back and listen again, tell people where to find it there on the time frame. Podcast, very convenient. We take your traditional morning radio show or TV show, and we try to take five pounds of information and jam it into a one-pound bag, <laughs> or maybe 10 pounds into a two-pound bag, depending on the day and how much information there is. And uh, I will just note this before we even get going good. Uh, of course, the passing of Colin Powell. Uh, yesterday's morning shows were all off the air by the time the, the news came in. And so we'll touch on just a little bit. You know, the What is it that they they do? Willie Geist does on Sunday mornings. A life well lived mm-hmm. certainly meets that uh, category. Yeah. Um, I am also going to tell everybody we're, we're looking for a catchphrase. I've decided um, Rebecca got back from, from Florida. First of all, let me say this. First of all, she, can't, she comes back from a trip to Florida where she was with her family and, you know, was eating good seafood, catching the rays, but she was down there with her, her bad knee that has no cartilage in it, so walking in the sand was very painful. She didn't really get to, get to do a whole lot of, you know, beach combing and roaming around. So she comes home. I'm so excited that she's coming. I've missed her so much. Of course, I left the dogs in the house. They'd made a mess. You know, had I cleaned up? Not really. Did I do dishes? Almost, sort of. Was there bad food in the refrigerator? Of course there was because I was in charge. And I was I was really disappointed at the lack of enthusiasm that she showed when she came in. And, and she, she was, I think, expecting a little bit more than what she got. You I know? could just hear her voice going, oh, wow. I saw one What's t- the problem here? I, I kept the house from burning down and the dogs are not dead. One text came across my phone that said, is there food? And I literally said out loud, oh, no. <laughs> Jeff's in trouble. And and, and oh, also, also this, I, I, I went for a very, very hard 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 harsh deep woods hike with my dogs on friday after we got through doing our thing and and i was out there i'm talking about in the woods you should have said i was bleeding from briar cuts (laughs) i looked like i had been attacked by a wolverine and of course it's not bad it's just my old skin being so thin but i lost my cool bono glasses oh man i had them on and i was sweating so hard i i literally took them off and i hung them in my shirt like this and so my, I got out, and a bunch of my hang gliding buddies that wasn't flyable came roaring down through there like a motorcycle gang. About 12 of them on, you know, big, fat, knobby tires are all going to go, you know, biking, mountain biking on the trails back there. And they're looking at me, they go, are you all right, man? Did you fall? I guess I'm fine, man. My dogs are barking at them. My hip. Yeah. <laughs> like that. 
and I didn't realize my glasses were gone. That was one of the first things I hit Rebecca was, man, I lost my cool Bono glasses. She looked at me, she goes, they weren't that cool. Aww. I went, what? Those what? were a gift. What? Are you she kidding? really is mad at you. <laughs> yeah, and she, she said, I, I, I'm just going to tell you, they weren't anywhere near as cool as you, as you thought they were. When Bono took his off and put them on the Pope, that was neat. But still, you didn't put yours on the Pope. You just wore yours, and they weren't that cool. So I got my standard, thank you very much, Chattanooga Safety Products, just, you know, I'll be back shades today. But we need a catchphrase. Y'all work with me on catchphrases? Today I'm I'm going I think we ought to go with it's you know you remember the thing it's clobbering time oh yeah yeah it's slobbering time because we spit a lot when we talk all right it's yammering time uh we're gonna work on a catchphrase today we're gonna right. come up with a catchphrase uh, today slobbering well, time makes me feel like we're getting into a different industry but we just That's we gross. have to have one well I, i've tried the ford to get you guys to say whenever i walk in the room you know have a little laugh track and a little piece of music that's indicative <laughs> for when i walk in the room and yes, somebody say i feel a little hefe coming on you know <laughs> and and y'all it's haven't more picked curb up your on that enthusiasm. yeah all right all right let's get going russell what is happening on this day well jeff a uh, motorcyclist went off the edge of lookout mountain it happened on scenic highway the driver of the motorcycle was reportedly injured on a ledge just below the highway. Photographs show crews loading the injured person onto a stretcher and into the back of a waiting ambulance. Reports say that it was a single vehicle crash. And the Tennessee Department of Agriculture put out warnings on social media that burn permits are now required in the state uh, from now until May the 15th. The country has been particularly badly affected by wildfires, as we know, with California suffering multiple massive Gatlinburg fire in recent memory. Normally in Tennessee, the state, burn permits are free. However, in Hamilton County, they require that you shell out $10 for the county and within city limits, $60 if you're within Chattanooga city limits. And now from under the bleachers at Neyland Stadium, it's uh, Dave Hooker. As we take a look back, it seems that some teams are certainly separating themselves in the SEC. But first, the big news in Baton Rouge. I'm Dave Hooker off the hook sports. In a surprising move, LSU's head coach, Ed Orgeron, was fired just two years after winning a national title and going 15-0. and The news was reported as a mutual separation in which Ed Orgeron will still receive about $15 million. So he's not hurting, but it just goes to show you that the SEC is not a place where you can struggle for a couple of years and expect to keep your job. Let's uh, also just kind of glean over the fact that there were some off-field issues that may have involved women being at LSU's practices. So clearly, Ed Orgeron lost a little bit of focus, lost a lot of players, and lost two coordinators from that 2019 team, and things went south. In Knoxville, things went south in the fourth quarter as fans began to throw different objects onto the field. Tennessee still ended up losing to Ole Miss, but it was an embarrassing sight for the Vols and the SEC. Some other scores that we'll throw at you quickly. Uh, Florida loses to LSU, but Orgeron still gets fired. Go figure that uh, separation was weeks in the making, according to reports. 
South Carolina barely skips by Vanderbilt. 21 to 20. Arkansas loses to Auburn. Auburn 38 to 23. And Brian Harson may be a candidate for a coach of the year. Alabama back to their winning ways after the upset to Texas A&M. Alabama beat Mississippi State 49 to 9. And Texas A&M over Missouri. 35 to 14. Could Jimbo Fisher for the Aggies be a candidate at LSU? Georgia beats Kentucky, 30 to 13. That Georgia defense is good. Uh, it's off the hook sports. I'm Dave Hooker. We'll have more on the SEC and sports in general as we move forward in the week. Have a fantastic day, everyone. Now y'all see, un- unlike other. News outlets, broadcast outlets in particular, TV and radio stations when they have their reporters out and they're standing there live on the side of a scene where something happened four hours ago or is going to happen two hours from now. (laughs) And they're standing there and they're all worried about the levels being right and sounding, you know, exactly perfect and professional. See, we don't care. A lot of time. Uh, no, as long as you can hear what's being said, <laughs> the communication is actually happening. Yeah. So you clearly hear that Dave is not in the studio, in right. the, the Lodge Cast Iron Studio with us here. Why would we pretend otherwise? Why invest in some sort of highfalutin ISDN phone line to make him sound like he's here when clearly he's in the John? You know, the you old, know, and 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 he and that's just so it's okay. The old joke to, about ISDN, it still does nothing. I, it's okay to be in the John when you're talking sports. That's one of the things that we know here at the Chattanooga Drive-In Show. We uh, value legibility over everything. Absolutely. Um, the upfront wrap-up. The upfront wrap-up is where we take all the most important stories of the day, and we wrap them up in a big old box with a nice bow on it, just like at Christmas, and we open it up at the beginning of the show. And the wrap-up is brought to you by an anonymous donor who has chosen to invest in the Chattanooga Drive-In Show but turned his time over, his advertising over, to a few local organizations, all charities, including Habitat for Humanity, Chattanooga Girls Rock, and A Step Ahead. The very definition. definition? That's a good one. (laughs) See, I'm looking for a phrase word. Uh, The very definition of Chattacentric, the very definition of Chattacentric. Could be definition if you're a Venusian. I don't know. Uh, but the big story is the first one, obviously, the passing of Colin Powell. This is actually um, not very old news. And and he he had had been ailing. I don't think anybody close to him was terribly surprised. Bone and blood cancer. But like I said, yeah, he, he had it bad. Um, somebody who's got a phone that is not being put to use just right this very second, look up how many four-star generals currently exist on the planet because that's the way he ended. Uh, American politician, Mm. diplomat, four-star general, I've known one in my life. He was the 65th U.S. Secretary of State from 2001 to 2005, the first black Secretary of State uh, prior to the election of Barack Obama. As president in 2008, he and his successor, Condoleezza Rice, were the rankest, uh, highest-ranking African Americans in the history of the federal executive branch. How about that? By virtue of Secretary of State standing fourth in line in the presidential line of succession, if things had gone to you know what in a in a basket, then he would have been the fourth person to take the helm. And Colin Powell was cool, calm, and collected if he was anything. 
He did deal with a lot of racism and a lot of, uh, you know, rejection in his life. It, you know, it's, it's tough coming up to the military and to achieve that kind of rank, you've got to be tough as nails. Served as the 16th United States National Security Advisor from 87 to 89, the 12th Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff from 89 to 1993. Now, just a couple of interesting tidbits. Uh, his middle name is Luther. That was his dad's name, hmm. Luther and Maud Powell. Remember the show, uh, the story that I told that, that you heard yesterday about the black couple that lived behind us when mm-hmm. I was a kid named Arthur and Maud Powell. Yeah. I thought that was interesting. Yeah. That is interesting. Um, and his parents were first generation Americans, immigrated from Jamaica, and I did not know that. I was not aware of that either. I uh, went to the City College in New York, got into ROTC, and from there he was a soldier, soldier. So we will just mourn his passing. Uh, one story. We'll get to a couple more here in a minute. Chattanooga Drive-In Show, daily podcast, Monday through Friday, loaded up every morning at 5 a.m. I'm going to go ahead and say this once and good for all. Um, well, before we, you do, I there think are, Russell has an answer. Yeah, yeah, there please, are please. 43 active duty four-star officers right now. I mm-hmm. want you to think about that. That's I mean, the most since World War II, by the way. That's I, that, active duty. Mm-hmm. I don't know about retired, but right. that's active duty. Well, you ne- you never quit being a general. Yeah. Uh, when you walk in the room, every other person in the room jumps up and salutes you. And yeah, the the brigadier generals, two stars, three. There, there, there are no five star generals anymore because we're not in a wartime. Yeah. There are no five star generals, so it's the highest rank you can achieve. And out of the entire country, there are forty seven of them, and that's the largest number 43. we've had. 43. Uh, Just an an amazing, an amazing accomplishment, in my opinion. Do you know we still have a Supreme Allied Commander? That's still a thing. Who is it? I don't know. It's just some dude. But there's a, (laughs) but there is a, does it look like Boris Badenov? More you know. (laughs) No, there is a Supreme (laughs) Allied Commander in in Europe and in the Pacific and in Africa, I believe. It's interesting. I didn't know that was still a position. A brave and beautiful and inevitable concept that Chattanooga Drive-In show this uh, weekly podcast. Um, real quick, I just want to give a shout-out to Vic Burgess and the good folks at the Jayhawk Fest down in Lafayette Saturday. Uh, we were actually sort of semi-sponsors of that event and had a ball coming up, a story. I'm going to kind of double-team with Barry Quarter's words that he wrote about one of the performers down there, and it was my honor to shake his hand after all these years. One of my favorite musical memories, it'll come up as Storyville, as mountains looking at each other a little bit later on. Other big stories today, though, uh, you have Trump allies Lynn Wood and Marjorie Taylor Greene. You thought they were cut from the same cloth, possibly twins separated at birth? No. They do not like each other anymore. Bad blood seems to have begun when Green replaced Wood as her lawyer in a defamation case. Remember, Lynn was the one that was out there, you know, just just hammering away and hammering away at the uh, the election was stolen. The election was stolen, and was became this 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 face, this figure. This you couldn't get away from it. It was like Orwellian Big Brother. There she was at every single rally, and uh, apparently she offered to be an attorney for virtually anybody who wanted to try to push it. 
and got sidewards at MGT, and they are a feudin'. And well, Lynn Wood has been constantly disowned by everybody. Pre- pretty much anyone who's ever associated, yeah. Yeah, I mean, of, they, they, they yeah. can't get away from her fast enough, including President Trump. Yeah, President Trump was one of the first to say, yo, this lady's crazy. It's not working the way we thought it was going to work, the way yeah. it was supposed to work. Um, a similar situation, kind of on that uh, same page, um, Jeff Clark who was then Assistant Attorney General for the Environment and Natural Resources Division, Hmm. has been subpoenaed, along with others, to testify, yes, in the continuing. You don't think we're done with January 6th, do you? No. We just had one meeting. We had one little commission hearing. We got a long way to go, long way to go on this. Subpoena to Jeffrey Clark revealed uh, late last week came amid signs of a rapidly escalating congressional inquiry. At least three of the people who were involved in organizing and running the rally that preceded the violent riot have handed over documents in response to subpoenas from the committee. Can we go? I, can we just settle that it is, that it was a violent riot? If you don't want to hear armed insurrection, you don't think that fits. That's fine. Yes, it was a violent. But it was riot. certainly a riot. It turned yeah. into a riot, and it definitely was violent. People were hurt and killed. I don't think there's anyone disputing it's a riot, are there? Mm, yeah, yeah. There are people yeah. out there, of course, who said it was a bunch of loving patriots who were just hanging out, and it was all a bunch of infiltrators. You know, well, it was from definitely the disorderly. Pacific Northwest. Um, he was an assistant attorney general in the Trump administration. Emerged as a pivotal character in that saga. Senate committee report shows that he championed Trump's efforts to undo the election results inside the Justice Department and clashed as a result with superiors who resisted the pressure, culminating in this rather dramatic White House meeting where they actually floated the idea of elevating Clark to attorney general. He has been subpoenaed, and as we have seen nowadays, I guess if you're on the right side of the political tracks, you can just ignore subpoenas with absolutely no consequences whatsoever. I don't know how they would enforce a subpoena. Like, who would who would go and arrest you if you say, I'm not going to go? Around here, it would be the sheriff's deputy. I, yeah, uh, I guess. Uh, it would be an officer of the court. It would be an officer of the court, somebody basically serving under the, the, the bailiff, the sergeant-at-arms, huh. and they would send somebody from that courtroom out to get you right then and there, wherever so, you were. Well, if it's you'd have, a, a, you'd have a ride waiting for you, right? But it would have to be someone from Congress. There's no enforcement wing of Congress aside from the the army. You know, like if you evade uh, a yeah, subpoena no. here, uh, of course it would be the sheriff's department. But if you avoid a subpoena from Congress, who do they send to get you? They're not going to send the sergeant at arms out to to grab you. One of the one of the guests we're going to have coming up, I hope this week. As a matter of fact, uh, we have a couple of really interesting. Uh, letters from people, and I've been telling you, and been telling you, I'm very serious about this. You hear something on on this podcast that you disagree with strongly, or you feel like we've dropped the ball, we didn't get it right. Contact Jen and help us get it right. I mean, we're not going to read War and Peace on the air here, <laughs> but I mean, we will read your opinion or even give you a chance to come in. And a couple of people that reached out to us and they were really enjoying the podcast. Mm-hmm. One of them specializes and civics, and I've been saying for years and years that our lack of teaching civics in the schools is costing us. Yeah, that's, so that's Nathan, Nathan Bird. Yes, maybe actually something we could give him to sort of track down. We have lots of questions about how government works and uh, governance works or should work, and it's clearly not. It's clearly not. 
You, you can guys email have me at Chattanooga Drive In yeah, Show at gmail.com. I, do it again. Do it again. Chattanooga Drive In Show at gmail.com. There you go. I'm just looking further at uh, who who might. Uh, I'm not trying to be flagrant. I'm just curious, really, who might uh, enforce someone who uh, doesn't want to respond to a subpoena from Congress. Uh, you can be charged with t- contempt of Congress, uh, and then there would have to be a contempt trial. But Congress is not a law enforcement agency and can't order a law enforcement agency to do anything. So apparently, according to an 1821 ruling, Congress does have inherent authority to arrest and detain uh, witnesses who don't want to come forward. But it's never actually been done except for in 1927 when a deputy sergeant of arms was sent to Ohio to arrest and detain the brother of a then attorney general who refused to testify about a bribery scheme uh, called the Teapot Dome scandal. So yeah, there's your answer. It would be a deputy sergeant of, at arms. And weird. Uh, yeah, it's it, it's not easy. And I guess it's best not to show up than to show up and perjure yourself. I, they definitely have rules on, on perjury. Honestly, I, I'd love for someone to to challenge it just to see that happen because it never happened before since 27. The only other couple of ones I had here that are very generic, mm. we we sort of missed the shooting, but there are so many shootings nowadays it's easy to do. But it's the first time in a while that it actually happened at a postal service office. It was postal service employees who were the, the shooters and the, the victims. Um, and uh, this was actually, this was midweek last week. And I just written, you know, just wrote some notes down that you know people, your age and you know because you keep up, you're a news person. But I imagine that anybody under the age of thirty probably doesn't remember where the term "going postal" comes from. I was just about to ask, would anybody uh, under the age of thirty know what "going postal" means? And it was, it was, it was, it was none. It was, it was. There was this spate. Of violence. I mean, it just and it was yeah. like it, you talk about copycats. It happened once, and all of a sudden, there were 27, 28 different shootings at post offices, and it was postal employees. And they talked about the stress of the job, the monotony of the job, bringing your work home with you, taking your home work to work with you, and they have damn triangles. good benefits. From what I've been told all these years, yeah. that working for the post office, you get some good benefits but out a- of that. Apparently, there was an inherent stress and yeah. in the silence. You know how silent those places are, and uh, so they literally it became the phrase when somebody just lost their nut and went off on a killing spree or just beat the hell out of somebody. They went postal, and that was actually the phrase. And uh, the Postal Service was, keep in mind, the Postal Service was heavily criticized, heavily criticized leading up to the election and during the election and after the election, you know, when our, you know, good friend uh, Postmaster General uh, Louis DeJoy uh, decided to to politicize the department. And so, uh, you know, the Trump Davidians were saying that the post office was in on it, too. They them. You had the Jewish space laser people. <laughs> you had, you know, the 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 Bilderbergers. You Darth had, Vader Steen. You had the, you know, the, 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 the Pacific Northwest hippies, Antifa's and the Postal Service and the, and the media, of course, all working together to eat babies and, and drink embryonic fluid or whatever the, the current, you know thing was well number one it's amniotic fluid and number two there's a, <laughs> there's a uh, there's a it's scene embryonic in the, fluid there's a scene in the movie jumanji <laughs> where the the dude who's the you've seen jumanji right of course the dude who's the hunter 
right? He's in the gun store and he's buying all those guns. And the guy behind the counter goes, you're not a postal worker, are you? Yeah, see? <laughs> and, and younger people don't even understand where that comes from. Um, hey, how about this for a catchphrase as we look for a catchphrase? With great power comes great responsatriloquence. That's great. <laughs> You think we could go with that? Sure. Okay, think that one would work? <laughs> All right. Are you key or peel? With, 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 with great power comes great response to triloquence. That just hit me because the postal war for it, you know, they've actually got a lot of power in their little bitty bags. What's the Punisher's catchphrase? I'm going to kill you? <laughs> it's just, I don't think he has one. I don't, you, don't chick, hear, chick. you don't ever hear his catchphrase. Yeah. His catchphrase is heard by other people as the explosion goes off. I, I, I refuse to wear my Punisher shirt today. I had it out, and it's one that I love to wear. I love that logo. I've worn yeah. it forever. Yeah. I've got I've got it on my 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 knife, my pocket knife. But now, so many people see it as a white supremacist thing. I can no longer wear my Punisher shirt as much as gotta, I like it. You got to take it back. You got to reclaim the Punisher symbol. And one one final one here in the upfront wrap up. We appreciate you guys hanging out with us here on the Drive In Show. The Tri-State Region's Drive-In Theater of the Mind. In one hour, you'll be informed, warned, entertained, and brain sprained. Hey, we got billboards up all over town. Billboards up all over town. And we're about to get our phone line. We're about to get our phone line so you can actually call directly and leave us voicemails. And then we can hear what you have to say and play some of them back on the air. So you can actually hear your own voice giving your own opinion. And I was just going to say this. With everything backing up with the uh, cargo containers backed up, with products backing up. I noticed everybody, you, surely everybody out there has noticed empty shelves at the stores. Yeah, they don't have my favorite tortilla chips. Empty shelves of all kinds of the stores. I'm drinking a Coke today. Again, I usually drink one Coke a day, but I drink more juice than I do anything else. I got my one Red Bull, my habit Red Bull in the morning. I've almost totally eliminated coffee. I'll drink maybe a Coke a day, a non-alcoholic beer late in the afternoon sometime. But juice, I just like juice. Mm. You can't find grapefruit juice. Go go, oh. go to a store. Get get out of your car and the next place you stop and go in and see if you can find a little thing of grapefruit juice. It is completely gone. What's a man I, to do? You can find mango, schmango, <laughs> you know, tapioca, <laughs> All these <laughs> tropical blends and, and guavas and kumquats and, and stuff like that. But, I mean, just just plain old-fashioned grapefruit juice. And orange juice is coming harder. Pineapple juice, which you don't need. It'll kill you. It would kill me. <laughs> Same thing. Yes. And the story that I was going to go with is right now one of the big ones is cars. Employees can't get employee pricing on cars anymore. Whoa. They can't keep cars on the lot long enough to even be able to, you know, bargain over them. I mean, somebody wants to buy the thing with cash as soon as it shows up. So the poor employees who have always, you know, bought every three or four years a new car with their employee pricing, that's not happening anymore. Jeez, man. So there's a perk of the job that they just lost. That's I mean, nice. why would they sell it to an employee for less yeah. when a guy's standing over here with money in his hand desperate? Some uh, drug dealer from the Medellin. <laughs> well, there Give you me your go. Car, senor. Thank you for tuning in today. This is what they swore. We all knew how to play. We understood the deal. We do it every day. And this is how it feels. It backs a wall. Editorial. It backs a wall. Editorial catchphrase. Let's see here. Holy this Batman! Holy that Batman! That's been old. 
Holy you industrial know, society in hey, its future, Batman. Hey, you know, Thor's, you know what Thor's was? By yeah. Odin's beard. By Odin's beard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You thought Ron Burgundy made that up. No, that was Thor's catchphrase. By Odin's beard. We could say by Barris's beard. Probably <laughs> <laughs> not. By what? by by Barris's beard. His beard shall has had not enough stand. publicity already. Yeah, well, we don't need to draw more attention to it. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. It no longer exists. It's mythical now. I'm just picturing. It makes no, perfect does, sense. He does the pets. Every he time he like opens, Paul, Paul's Paul's beard. every time he opens his front door, his like camera flashes. Mr. Barris, Mr. Barris, show us your beard. <laughs> by Barris's beard, you shall not pass. <laughs> brought to you the editorial section. Everybody's got one. Uh, brought to you by. Chattanooga Safety Products on Highway 58 next to the Hungry House. All your industrial safety footwear and PPE needs. Safety begins at your feet at Chattanooga Safety Products. I'm going to just do a little reading. Um, I'm not going to do this, the editorial today. I'm going to let David Cook do it. And this is from the Times Free Press. David is a very, very good writer. Uh, certainly left of center for around here. Just like me, I think if you transported him elsewhere, he wouldn't be nowhere near as liberal. Conservative um, writer David Cook. But uh, <laughs> uh, his column is called This Open Road. I can't read the entire thing, but I highly uh, advise you to. And it just starts out like, I'm tired of being tired. How do we leave society? And this is going on right now, whether it has a name or not, people are, they're leaving society. They're dropping out. People are quitting their jobs and just looking for a different way to live their life. Years ago, I read Rod Dreher's The Benedict Option, which calls for Christians to intentionally withdraw from 21st century society. Mm -hmm. It's too destructive, Dreher says. So like St. Benedict, who started monasteries in response to corrupted Rome, American Christians should consider an alternative way of living in America, but not of America. The idea is that serious Christian conservatives could no longer live businesses as usual, lives in America, that we have to develop, create uh, communal solutions to help us hold on to our faith and our values in a world growing even more hostile to them. We would have to choose to make a decisive leap into a truly counter-cultural way of living Christianity. And this is now, you know, uh, and uh, I'm reading from a forum in the Atlanta Conservative, an editorial there, but it's still Mr. Dreher's words. Now, both my conservatism and my Christianity are different than his, says David Cook. However, his book continues to resonate with me. I keep quietly wondering, can I leave society? How? For me, society feels like a large, reckless apparatus that pumps out so much noise, cruelty, and inanity. The media machine, this is him in the media, this is me in the media saying this, with fear and headlines, the never-ending hunger of capitalism, a chronic busyness that feels like we're going everywhere but nowhere, all of it propping up what is meaningless but disguised as meaningful. Is this resonating with you guys? Very much so. In response, desert fathers went to the caves, monks and nuns to monasteries, Thoreau went to a cabin in the woods. To leave society means to cultivate other qualities to put down energy, roots, and intention, intention, and other more nourishing grounds. Because if we stay here, we will starve. Don't you feel it, too? One final one he mentions in his essay, the brain-dead megaphone, George Saunders, gave a good analogy. It's like we're all attending a party with reasonable, calm, and thoughtful conversation. People are mingling, laughing, contemplating. Then some fool with a megaphone shows up and cranks it up 
and wants attention and gets it by talking controversy, exaggerations, and lies. His main characteristic is dominance. He crowds the other voices out in time. Megaphone guy will ruin the party. Yep. The party goers, once grounded and calm, are now restless and agitated. Soon, I would add, everyone wants their own megaphone. I think that's very well stated. Yep. Uh, if I can add to that, um, I would say, number one, I, I agree. Uh, but number two, there is an innate danger in stepping away because the state sees lack of participation often as an act of violence. See uh, Waco and see Ruby Ridge. All right, and that is the editorial moment of this day on this show. So we're going to have a, this is the duh moment. I think y'all question me sometimes on my choice of duh moments, but I don't see how you can question this one. Danger man is fighting for his life. It's, it's serious. The person was seriously injured. Oh, gosh, I saw the videos. Da- Danger Lord. man, Jonathan Goodman, is an escape artist. Uh-oh. And as magicians and escape artists go now, you know, just popping a rabbit out of a hat or pulling, you know, a quarter out of some kid's ear and going to get it done anymore. You have to do big, bombastic shows. America's Got Talent Extreme. AGT Extreme. Now, what I'd like to see is, you know, more slow motion video of that idiot Brit that started this whole thing. What's his name? David Blaine? No, no, no the British. guy that America's Got Talent guy that's so mean. Oh, it came from uh, Idol. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, Simon Cowell. Simon Cowell. Cow. Cow. I'd yeah. like to see his bike wreck where he broke his back about five <laughs> times. I mean, I can't stand that guy, and he's okay, so I can say that. He'll so it's be a okay. no from you. No, but Danger Man, Jonathan Goodman, he got seriously injured. Check it out. It might actually remind you of something that happened to a friend of mine, only he didn't do it on purpose. He was performing a stunt, and this is all you know on the stage, all part of the show. He was dressed in a straitjacket, suspended by his feet, 70 feet in the air. On either side of him were two vehicles, also in the air, a truck and a big car, swinging back and forth like pendulums. Mm. Swinging back and forth like pendulums. And in the stunt... Goodwin was attempting to free himself and fall onto an air mattress before he could be crushed by the vehicles. He was being lowered down into the sway. The parabola are going going this way and that way, and they're beginning to go bing and bang, Mm -hmm. and now you've got this wild swinging vehicular thing happening, and he's being lowered right down into the middle of it. As he's frantically trying to get loose. As he's trying to get loose, for some reason... The math didn't work, and he got smashed between the two cars. Oh, no. I mean, like, bam. Just smashed between the two cars and just immediately went limp, and now the cars are still swinging. Oh, they, no. they don't have the they don't have the strength or the the preparation they can't just hit a switch and stop all that momentum they're still swinging as they're trying to lower him down and they're lowering him down kind of stop and start because they're not figuring they might be putting him in, in an even worse scenario yeah, yeah, yeah. you know his head wasn't hurt at least we couldn't tell he didn't look like he took a Yet. head blow 
And so Did he survive? It's, it's there. It was a jaw-dropping dropping thing to see. Yeah, he well, wait, is alive. There's more. No, there's more. The windshield he wipers he turned fell, on. Yeah. He fell 40 feet down. Somebody hit the and release. Then missed the, he missed the airbag. Some, somebody. I'm serious because it knocked, it knocked him off course, right? Jeez. When it When it hit him, it knocked him off the course and the, the line with where he would have fallen, where Mr. Nice Old Gravity would have just floated him down to the air mattress. But now he's twirling and swirling and his parabola's off and he's off on some other, you know, convecture. And somebody hit the release button and just dropped him down onto the floor. So he fell like 40 feet with a straight jacket onto, on his head. Onto his head. It's like the, his pumpkin head. Do you remember the Simpsons episode where Homer tries to do the stunt for Bart and he falls into the canyon? Yeah. And when they lift him out of the canyon, he's banging against the sides of the canyon as they're helicoptering Yeah, him yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember that very, <laughs> very well. Funny. That's this all I can picture so as he's describing funny. this. Yeah, I remember the death canyon. <laughs> yeah. and, and nobody would take the challenge, so Homer did. Don't! You know? <laughs> slam, slam, he did it on a skateboard, too, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> Um, so anyway, I mean, it's, it's, we're laughing, yeah. but I mean, it's, it's not this funny. is really, really, really terrible. And I don't, I don't know if the guy's going to be all right or not, but I, I mean, you talk is. about the Darwin pool. That's just, you know, the risks going into that one, I would hope. And do y'all enjoy that kind of thing? Do you know when you go to something <laughs> like that? Do you enjoy, I, I don't, don't even like the high wire like act. I enjoy it when they survive. Oh, it just makes me, I get all kinds of antsy and nervous. Circus is no place for me. What are you doing? Hey, let me say a special shout out of thanks to the good folks at the Tennessee Department of Transportation. I know they catch a lot of flack since our friend Jennifer Osborne has left her position. I don't know who is in charge, who the face, the voice is anymore, but we need to find out because a lot of people have a lot of questions. Brian, you yourself had some discouraging words on Saturday. Uh, we had a meeting of what was going to be just a short little come to Jesus meeting here at the Lodge Cast Iron Studios about this podcast and yeah, the way I things were really going. Shoot out. And, and, and Brian, and Brian <laughs> I got a message from him. That said, I was trying to think of what you're talking about. Okay, you're talking about blabbery, blabbery, blab. I can't say the words at all. I mean, there was a bunch of words that I couldn't say, and they said the split. The $135 million project that solved absolutely nothing. <laughs> yeah. Coming from Georgia into so, Tennessee. And yes, it's it, uh, we, we just made a very pretty uh, a congested bottleneck rather than an ugly congested bottleneck. I am just going to say, because that's usually the only way you hear T dot is when it's being cursed yeah. and having things flung at it. I'm just going to say thank you to the hard workers out there. <laughs> I know Jennifer is gone, but her husband still works there at T dot, and I I do think they do a real good job. Yeah, yeah. some of those projects they announce them and they're just done. I think I when think... other other municipalities get out of the way. And when all the supplies are there, I think we move pretty doggone quickly. Well, to fast. be fair, yeah. it is a two or three phase project. They're yes. not they're not done. It was only phase one, but it sure seemed like it should be done, and it, something yes, should have been does. better. But it's not. It's the exact. Well, it's not the exact same layout. It's a very different layout. No, now you can go. Now you can go the wrong way it, easily. Very easily. yeah. They flipped it on <laughs> you. You, you, you. But but yeah. once you get used to that, it is a very functional two-thirds of the way around but coming in from georgia into tennessee is still down to one lane it's a disaster but it's pretty as hell yeah my muscle memory is 
you know, got 20, <laughs> what, not 20 years, but like 10 years of driving experience. My muscle memory is just like, ah, oh, you go this way to go this way. And yeah, now, if you're going you know, left, you go left, yeah. right? No, no, you go right yeah, to go left. Yeah, now I'm going, ah! <laughs> <laughs> but the timing, the timing was the worst Suddenly part. Suddenly you feel like you're in mousetrap, the game. <laughs> You know, <laughs> the timing was the worst part, though, because now, yeah, I'm gonna get crushed between two vehicles like that guy. But uh, the timing is the worst part because you got the Chattanooga Motor Car Festival going on at the same time you were coming to our meeting. So you got. Right. I've never seen this city more congested from from Ottawa to downtown yeah. to Highway 58. To I mean, th- there was a lot of people this past weekend I liked in town. That there was a random guy sitting at the parking lot to this building. Yeah, I was like, who are you? Charging people to park in here. Yeah. I don't think he was associated with anybody. That's a good gig. You just he's, sit there and be like, I'm not affiliated I know, with I know this he lot. wasn't. He I was talked not. to him for a long time. I did too. And he was just sitting there basically. He set up a chair and just took people's money. That yep. is genius. And then they went back there and they tried to figure out how to park and he didn't care. Nope. And then when it, when it, when it, when it was full, yeah. he got up he left. left and went to another parking <laughs> lot. Left. And I, I like this guy. I, uh, I'm telling you. I, I tried to do that at Target, and they kicked me out. He's a nice guy, too. I almost gave him some money just for the idea. I thought it was smart. By the way, how about this one? Catchphrase. As far as the podcast goes, the Chattanooga Drive-In podcast, for people who like this sort of thing, this is the sort of thing they like. <laughs> Very good, Jeff. All right. Think about it. Ponder that. What are you doing? Community calendar made possible by the kindness, concern, and community commitment of the local and regional professionals at Guardian Investment Advisors. Gary Thurman handles all the money my wife and I have invested, and I trust him completely. 710-9199. Gary and Tide have their own podcast at three different stations around town. you got the What Podcast with Barry Corder and Brad Steiner. you got Stone on Air. you got Dave Fire with Dawson Wheeler during the break, of course. Clint Powell, people of Chattanooga. And then the, the nine one what nine one what uh, Chattanooga Civics? Did you the say that? Already? Only thing, no, we mentioned them earlier. People of Chattanooga. Uh, the only thing I've got on mine is Samantha Fish. Samantha Fish is a remarkable young lady, an incredible musician. Booked her at Riverfront Nights hmm. when she was probably only fourteen, and she stepped out on that stage like somebody who had been playing all her life and plays a hard rock and blues guitar, sings her lungs out. Uh, uh, yes, I'm going to gross out, you know, Russell, by saying yes, she's a very pretty woman. I knew you were going to say that. She I was is waiting now. for this you. Is at Why least, does that gross you this out? Is at no, least it doesn't gross me out. He just thinks I always make comment about somebody's you appearance. Do. And I do. I'm, 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 I'm in the radio or podcasting world. I'm trying to paint a picture for you. So everybody knows she's probably in her early 20s by now. Yes. I would yeah. Say. Yes. And I mean, but yeah, I mean, and she uses the tools that God gave her, but she's going to be playing at the Walker Theater. TivoliChattanooga.com is where you get information, of course, on October 20th. All right. I just think it's unnecessary. That's she all. has a, I just, if I, if they're butt ugly, I'll tell you they're butt ugly too. <laughs> you go see, you know, you, if you go see the guy from Simply Red, Mick Hucknell, <laughs> he's got a great voice. He, he looks like the south, still red? southbound end of a northbound mule. I oh, promise speaking you. Speaking of Waco, what was that band we yes. had in, in the radio station we used to work at, or I still, we, we had them in. And I texted you, Jen, a picture, speaking of Waco, of of uh, the dude from Waco, freaking... Uh, talking about Strung Like a Horse? Yeah. 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 One of the singers looked exactly like the lead Branch Davidian. Yes. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. David Koresh? Yeah, David Koresh. And, then, the, and you're talking about Clay. Yeah, that's yeah, Clay. yeah, exactly. That's, that's who it is. That is. I he bet he had... Exactly well, like David Koresh wasn't really that bad of a looking <laughs> no, guy. No, actually. I didn't say he was. He had a cult of personality around him. People loved him. 
Well, her her new album is called Faster. She worked on it during the pandemic year. It is already number one on the Blue Board, Blue Board, listen to me, Billboard Blues Charts. <laughs> number one on the Billboard Blues Charts. Believe the it or not. Billboard Blue Boards. I mean, you know, if you actually pick up a Billboard magazine, if you can find one, Supply they chain. have more categories than they've ever had before. So it kind of, you think, well, does that dilute the music? Not really. It, it gives people a place to go and people to get recognized. Yeah. She's number two on the Americana charts and number 10 on the rock album charts. This woman is badass. That's Chattanooga's Walker Theater on Wednesday night. So She's go out and see them. Number three in the SEC. There you have it. Fantastic. And now it's time for the Pimp's Corner. Jen Lambert, known as Pimp Jen for years and years. And it's hoorays, yays, booze to use. Sort of. Brought to you by the Tennessee American Water Company. Been providing quality water to the Chattanooga community since 1887. At the end of every pipe, they know there's a family counting on them to provide clean, safe, reliable water for their health and comfort each and every day. That's why at Tennessee American Water Company, they take pride in keeping your lives flowing right. And I know what the one first big boo is. Yes. It better be. It is. I don't know anything at all about sports, really. But I do know about manners. Oh, yeah. And let's discuss this because you guys can add to it. <laughs> That's pretty funny. <laughs> what happened? What what gave the Vols fans the right to think that they could throw golf balls and water bottles and spit jars, yuck, at Lane Kiffin? Because they were angry. But why? Well, everybody hates Lane Kiffin why to begin with. Well, to be it? fair, it wasn't just at Lane Kiffin. It was at every no, single at thing every, they could throw it at. It, they were just why, disgusted. Though? Well, Lane Kiffin, Lane, Lane Kiffin came to town for one with year, trailing no, not even close. Clouds of one glory, season. clouds okay. of glory. Get on the Lane train. Mm -hmm. I will never forget working at the old station. Uh, Doctor Basketball, the guy that was in yes. charge of the sport talk show. He was such a fan of this guy, and he actually had T-shirts made up with cartoon-looking characters, you know, like him and the other guys there at the sports show, but they were on the lane train. Get on the lane train. He wasn't there but just a few weeks, Didn't and he left of, them in the lurch, in yeah. the lurch in the worst way. Well, he, he, coached the full he, co he coached the full season and He's, then left in the middle of the night for USC. Just with not even a how do you do it was a it was a a culmination of of that and um tennessee is this fake good like they're not really good but mm. people th are feeling like they might be for the first time in a little while uh first sellout in many years Seven thirty at night they sell beer in the stadium these days that has hundred, something to do hundred, with well it. I, they, whether they do or sell beer in the stadium or not they're still drinking all day long yeah. hundred thousand people Two-thirds of them drunk out of their minds. What could go wrong? Woo, boy. I, is that College football is so stupid. So uh, stupid. I, I mean, literally, the, the, uh, legally selling beer inside the stadium and prohibiting alcohol inside the stadium pretty much leads to the exact same amount of alcohol <laughs> consumption inside the stadium. Yeah, it's not that, you, you can't keep it out. Yeah, and you're going to you know, sneak it in anyway. My, my biggest thing was with this uh, on, on Saturday night in Knoxville was the uh, the lack of crowd control. Not, not mm. the drunk and stupid fans. I mean, of course, they're idiot college football fans. Of course, they're drunk and stupid. Like, oh, wow, newsflash. But the, the lack of crowd control for 20 minutes when they evacuated the band and, and uh, opened up the, the, and the student oh. sections, people just started filing down yeah. Into, yeah. The new sec into the new yeah. empty segments or sec sections. 
Who? Where are the security guards? You have a hundred thousand people in this building. The where band, the hell is the, the security? Ha- they were having to hold their instruments over their heads yeah. as things were pounding off of them. That's horrible. And my, my Burn Neyland Stadium to the ground. Youngest bro, girl, can't. remember, went to to UT and was in the band and talked about the crowds that were the worst. But I mean, that was their own band, the uh, the visiting band, all the players, everybody. And Kiffin got hit with a golf ball. Yeah. Who brings a golf he got ball hit, to a football he, game? People Some who yuppie. want to throw it. Well, you don't. People who want to throw it because it was a bright, you know, one of those lime green practice drive, you yeah. know, drive practice balls. You got to do something at that time. And it hit the ground and it popped him right in the hip. Ooh, now, personally, I can't stand it. Lane Kiffin. I wish he pegged him in the head with it. Well, back in the 80s what? and 90s, Philadelphia not, fans were, were known for throwing <laughs> batteries on the field. Oh, yeah. the hell? D, what, D where batteries. Did you, where did you get batteries? You can whip a D battery. That's 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 the best. That's like the best throwing rock at the at the swimming hole. That is kind you of know? a good question. Hey there, Opie, what are what you doing do with that battery? D battery? I'm gonna skip it across this lake. <laughs> it's with this giant D cell battery is to charge my phone. I don't know what well, your problem. Anyway, is. people throwing. It was horrible. It made Tennessee look like trash. Yes, it did. Trash. Trash yes, once again. Wow. The what orange color is what bad enough. What percentage of those people are mega supporters? Sorry, had to go there. You I did know. have to go there. I, I did have did. to go there. Um, but I saw at Speedway they had this display uh, made out of Pepsi boxes of this football player throwing uh, s- uh, sour cream and onion uh, chips, and I took a picture and tweeted it. And I said, "Look, it's a Vols fan." Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. All what? right. So, uh, the use and booze and yeah. the raise and Transportation and Secretary Pete Buttigieg, Jig, Buttigieg, Buttigieg. It's All right. Judge. Was mercil- mercilessly mocked by Tucker Carlson over the weekend for taking paternity leave. He has two premature newborns, and he took paternity leave, paid paternity leave. Carlson basically said, "I guess he's trying to figure out how to breastfeed because he's a douchebag." <laughs> and um, Pete took the high road and said you know what, I'm not going to apologize for Tucker Carlson anymore. This should be this should be a right, an American right. We should be able to take off time when we welcome new children into Tucker our family. Tucker Carlson should not be making any comments about no, anybody's manhood. Absolutely Tucker not. Carlson is the most soft-handed, soft-shoed, uh, soft-living, uh, yuppie vermin you could possibly imagine. Did you hear I about I guarantee this? you the guy has never cut his own grass. He wouldn't know how to put gas in his car. If you handed him a pistol, he wouldn't know which end to hold. Right. Uh, he's just an, uh, never been fishing, never been camping, never been dirty. He is, he is as effeminate a man as he could possibly he's be. He's not a very nice person. No, he's an asshole. The, um, the issue, I think, with, with Pete... I don't really care one way or the other about whether or not he takes paternity leave. But the issue that was raised was not that he took paternity leave. It's that he's been on paternity leave since August, which is Yes, he has time. he has newborn premature infants. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not saying I remember that. when somebody said where no. Tucker Carlson lived and he and his family held up in his house for three or four weeks, scared to death, demanding security. Because one of his, you know, viewers out there got mad at him and and said where his home address was, and this was in response to him giving a politician's home address. What out. else is he going to do, jerk Russell? Was. What else was what? he going to do? I don't care. It's if he his takes... job to take care of his children. Jen, I don't freaking care if he goes on vacation for three years. It doesn't matter to me. Most women get what is it, eight weeks uh, paid so maternity so, yeah. leave. It should be exactly the same for the for the dad. All right, it's Russell's Whatever. turn. It's Russell's turn. <laughs> no, I'm not taking his side. I don't care. No, that's Russell's turn. All right, I'm going to move on. Flex your muscles. <laughs> what are you yelling at me? Say. I was, I was, I'm sorry. I thought you were. You oh, were, no. I was I, well prepared today. Oh, well. Jump in on him. He jumped in on you. <laughs> Let me get out of the middle. 
It ain't none of me. I don't believe in hitting women. That's, that's, that's my motto. That's my catchphrase. Come here. Ain't none of me. I'll kill you. I had six more topics. Do you want to do Whatever. it? No, go on. You want to? You want to do this do right now? Stupid. Flex. You want to do this right now? <laughs> you talking to me? You talking to me? Can't see. you see Tucker Carlson standing in front of a full length mirror? You talking to me? There's nobody you. else here. You must be talking to me. <laughs> I guarantee you, Price. I go in front of the mirror and I say, "Don't muscle talk to flex me. with Russell the Love Muscle." <laughs> you talking to me? Yes. Why? Because it's your turn. <laughs> All right. Uh, so this is from the Associated Press, and this just came out a couple of days ago. Uh, a notorious, now this links back to the U.S., don't worry. Uh, a notorious Haitian gang, known for brazen kidnappings and killings, was accused by the police on Sunday of abducting 17 missionaries from a U.S.-based organization. Five children believed to be among those kidnapped, including a two-year-old, the 400 Mowozo gang. And a Canadian. Yes, uh, kidnapped the group in Ganthier, a community that lies east of the capital of Port-au-Prince, uh, Haitian police inspector France Champagne told the uh, Associated Press. Uh, the gang is blamed for kidnapping five priests and two nuns earlier this year. The gang, which name translates to about uh, 400 inexperienced men, is roughly the translation of the name, uh, controls the uh, uh, Croix de Bouquets area, or Bouquet, sorry, Croix de Bouquet area that includes uh, Ganthier, where they carry out kidnappings and carjackings that extort business owners, according to authorities. So the Christian Aid Missionaries is actually based in Ohio, uh, they're asking for assistance from the State Department, and also uh, they're asking for prayers from uh, everyone around the world. The organization says that they were on a trip to visit an orphanage when they were kidnapped. Hopefully everything turns out okay, but that's uh, what I got for you. Okay. What about this one? Y'all like the smarmy, cheesy stuff. How about this one? We do? Hey, don't have a good day. Have a great day <laughs> with the Chattanooga Drive-In Show. Your official okay, local morning show. Don't have a good day. Have a great day. Um, That's far out. Mountains looking at each other. Uh, the new podcast. I mentioned this earlier this morning. Maybe you didn't get. You didn't catch it. You weren't listening hard enough. Uh, new podcast all about being better versions of ourselves. Not throwing things at stadiums. Not punching people in faces. Sharing stories and lessons from our successes and our failures, and I've certainly had plenty. I think we often learn more from the failures than we do the successes. Join Bruce Dodd as he walks us through learning to be intentional with our money, time, thoughts, and relationships, theintentionallivingproject.com, and it is going to be this. Um, Saturday at the Jayhawk Fest, I uh, went down my friend Vic Burgess. Uh, that's his dad, Jay. Uh, they've been doing it for four years had a very, very good lineup of, of performers there, but this is what we were teasing last week and we never were able to get it together. We didn't realize at the same time that we were actually sponsoring this event, we had a musician uh, assistant uh, manager trying to set up a an interview for the podcast right. between me and Jason Ringenberg, mm -hmm. Jason of Jason and the Scorchers. Now, back in the 80s, there was a form of music that was just blowing up that we call cowpunk. And it was just country music, country twang. They, they dressed like, you know, Porter Wagner. But they came out with real punk attitude, and they played fast and furious. And none of them were doing it better than Jason and the Scorchers. Hmm. All right? 
and he was a real cool guy. And he played Riverbend, 1985, my first Riverbend. Wow. I moved here in 84, didn't go to that one. 85, this is the one where the Pointer Sisters played and the fences all fell down. <laughs> and, I mean, literally, I mean, they didn't even have the Riverfront Parkway closed what? in those days. No, you actually had, you backed up to a fence and the and the traffic was right behind you. That sounds like and a terrible idea. It was, that's just, it was that big. But the Pointer huh. Sisters were huge, huge crowd. Yeah, yeah. Fence fell down, people spilled out everywhere. But that's not the story. The story is it had come a huge, <laughs> huge rain. And they were out there playing, and this massive thunderstorm came up, and the crowd would not leave. And so they were slowly but surely, Jason and the Scorchers, the band, they were just jamming and jamming, and they had this big mosh pit going. I mean, people were pogoing all over the place and slamming against each other in the rain. But, I mean, they were beginning to get shocked. I mean, because it was really coming down. So slowly but surely, they started replacing their electric instruments with acoustic instruments, and since then, that was the first time I'd ever seen anything like that. Since then, I've seen My Morning Jacket do it. Mm. I've seen Joe Bonamassa do it. Saw Robert Plant do it. Mm. I know you were there at that show up in uh, uh, Louisville, mm -hmm. outdoors. And it's really something to see. And that band went out there and stood in the rain and played those acoustic instruments and kept that, that, that group going. I absolutely just remembered it as being one of the most musical, magical moments of my life. And the people that were there all remember it. I asked Barry Corder, our friend and writer, entertainment writer for the Times Free Press, if he remembered that incident. And I sat, I'm sitting there hanging out Saturday with Jason, and he remembers it fondly, one of his great <laughs> memories. He said, that was fantastic. Here's what Barry, Barry wrote. He goes, reminded me of some pretty good, great moments I experienced. 1985, my good friend and roommate, John Selma, said, we got to go see these guys, Jason and the Scorchers. Festival was a couple of years old, and for Chattanooga at the time, a big, exciting, progressive idea. All right, so we're going to go see this new band, Jason the Scorchers. They had uh, Hoyner Sisters. They had Roberta Flack. Chattanooga didn't get a lot of big shows and names back then, but, you know, Those they were getting big bigger. Yeah. For, 80, uh, for, for, for For older people. Oh, my goodness. The Scorcher show was memorable for several reasons. First, it featured a band that would become known for its raw energy and sound that would eventually be known as cowpunk. Secondly, it rained hard, but lead singer Jason Ringenberger grabbed an acoustic guitar, sat on the front of the small stage situated on the Riverfront Parkway, played to a small but very appreciative crowd, and here's what happened. And I'd forgotten about this. As often the case, there weren't a lot of people hanging around there as he was getting ready to wrap up. And somebody said, man, let's go ahead. We got too much water in these, these awnings, man. They're going to come down. And so two or three people took sticks and broom handles and pushed up on the awnings. And, of course, where did the water go? directly onto Jason. <laughs> they just literally created a Niagara Falls effect and just doused him with about 400 gallons of water, and he was just standing there with his rhinestones and bangles, and he had to take his guitar and literally pour water out of the hole oh, in the man. guitar. That's ruined. Still played another two songs after that, but I just wanted to say that's your uh, mountains looking at each other story today, uh, a little true story about back in the day here in Chattaboogie. We'll do this one quickly because we're running up on time here. We're trying to make sure we're getting you all the information you want, all the entertainment you need, and get it into a little bit over an hour, hour and 15, hour and 20, something like that. That's certainly about as long as anybody's drive time is, their morning commute. 
my morning commute's about an hour. I don't know many people who drive any longer than me. So we're getting there, wrapping it up right now. Regional Roundup and Shotgun Shoutouts, a regional roundup story. Uh, Chuck Fleischman has introduced a bill that will make it more difficult for the federal government to see what kind of transactions Americans are making inside banks. It will not be anything that affects you. It'll be the bank's responsibility to show paperwork and records of transactions of $600 or more. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Do you know what it currently is? Uh, oh, ten thousand. Yeah, I was gonna say. I think it's ten thousand. They don't. They don't have to turn over any records of any transaction. Excuse me, under ten thousand um, dollars. I'm sorry, that was that pecan pie that my wife just brought back from me from the shores of Alabama, there, Dolphin Island, and a little bit of that Coca-Cola. Sorry, but he, they they want to change it. the The president and the current administration says we're leaving four hundred and sixty billion dollars in unpaid taxes, primarily from the wealthiest Americans because of this oversight, this random number. We just started here with, you know, 10,000 and stayed there and said if we actually had to show records of these transactions, we're looking at almost $500 billion in tax income. That probably wouldn't affect us at all, the average middle American. Um, I got no skin in this, to be honest with you. I, I do. I say screw the government, screw their taxes, and screw their $600. If they want to get my bank records, they can come and take it. I'll shoot them. But no, the 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 issue with tax money. How many billion dollars? Uh, four hundred sixty billion. They just created several trillion dollars in inflation when they randomly printed money to raise a debt ceiling. So screw their billion dollars. F that. That doesn't mean anything. All right. Um, on shotgun shoutouts brought to you by RC Two Realty Solutions at the dot com, and you've got all you need to deal with that distressed property you've been saddled with. Robin Ring, Robin with a Y, will help you sell, renovate. Uh, maybe you want to buy or invest. Talk to Robin at rc2realtysolutions.com. And this is easy because we're following the weekend where they do the the rants in the Times Free Press. We use the Chattanooga. We use Nougat Today. We use all the different sources of news out there. We steal from them. We read the paper so you don't have to. The rants <laughs> are essentially 25 words or fewer, and you do have to identify yourself, but they do make them anonymous in the paper. <clears throat> and I've got some pretty good ones here. Nice. Republican Party helps the rich, yet think they are more Christian than the Democratic Party that wants to help the poor. Biden says the buck stops with him. Nevertheless, because of him, I don't have enough bucks to buy the same groceries I used to. Who who all believes that the president sets inflationary rates or the price of gas in any way, shape, or form? Nobody. No, no hands are up. <laughs> no hands are up. Now, anybody who knows, it's that's not the president's job. And there's very little the president can do about it. Yeah. Uh, but it is bad. It's terrible. It's, it's getting terrible. worse. All right, so no cashiers at Walmart by year's end, only self-checkout. I'm this. Yes. I, I'm done. I'm done. I didn't like Walmart to begin with. I didn't like their concept. I didn't like their business method, methodology. But when you've got one store to go to and that's it, you can't go up and just find somebody to check you out anymore. You've got to check yourself out. And it's driving me back because I don't want to always do that. And you'll stand in line and they go, oh, this one only takes cash. Or this one refuses to take cash. (laughs) And they don't have notes on them. They don't have signs on them. The only thing that bothers me is when I, on the rare chance I buy alcohol at Walmart, you scan it and they got to bring an associate over. And sometimes it takes like 20 minutes. Yeah, yeah. And to to bring attention to the fact that you're buying alcohol. Yeah, hey, I'm 21. Or something like that. Or condoms. What are we, American graffiti? (laughs) And it goes, pretty soon we'll be unloading the trucks. Bye, Wally. I'm breaking up with you. (laughs) 
<laughs> if a business can require a job applicant to take a drug test, can't it require a COVID vaccine? Very different things. Extremely different. Yeah. In my opinion, the best way to improve race relations is just to quit talking about it. Nah. Not necessarily. If there was no reason to talk about it, it'd be nice. Mm. No one, no one has provided the first shred of evidence that the election was stolen. Why are you folks still swallowing this garbage? To understand Joe Manchin and Kristen Cinema, you have to look closely at their constituencies, fossil fuels and big pharma. If we had a good above-ground pipeline completed, oil wouldn't be spilling into the ocean. You're right, it'd be spilling onto the ground more often <laughs> well, than not. There'd be no ships to drag anchors over it, at least. And it says, since Marjorie Taylor Greene is so appreciative of veterans and their service, couldn't she just uh, use some of her well-funded campaign money, pony up the $65 cost of each Rossville wreath that they're laying down there, really putting your money where your mouth is? Do you guys have a top of your mind awareness story that you would like to lead with? Uh, Either one of you? I'm watching a new show. What is it? Oh, it's good, man. It's on Apple Plus. I'm not watching it on that, though. Uh, it's called uh, For All Mankind. It's freaking great, dude. It's about the Soviets beat the U.S. to the moon. And so the rest of the series... I've is, heard this. Yeah, so the rest An of the alternative series... Alternative uh, history thing. Yeah, the rest of the series is the Americans trying to catch up with the Soviets who have just... Uh, uh, beat the Americans to the moon, and it's really, really good. It sounds lame in concept, but it's amazing. No, it sounds it. very cool. Are you familiar with the show uh, "The Man in the High Castle"? Man, yes. yes. Yeah. Where, yeah. Where, World War Two. Where we, we lose we World lose, War Two. Yeah. Yeah. That's a. It, it it loses me in the second season, but it that's a fascinating concept. Yeah, the book is really good too. That's uh, that's um, the uh, Philip K. Dick. Philip K. Dick is one of the greatest science fiction writers of all time. Yes. And does not get anywhere near the credit that he deserves. As a matter of fact, one of the shows we're, we're watching right now was based on a Philip K. Dick short story, and I can't remember. Uh, we're like three or four episodes into it, which one did I? We're, we're binge-watching we're, we're binge two or three things mm -hmm. right now. We just started the uh, Lysi story, the, mm -hmm. the last Stephen King one, mm -hmm. the one with Julianne Moore. Wow, that's a tour de force. Uh, but anyway, wonderful stuff. I love alternative histories. Yeah, me too. Uh, the first one I ever read was if the South had won the war. Yeah, and that was how a good different one. Uh, different. Uh, Harry Turtle Dove wrote a really good yeah, series. Yeah, on and that. that was he was the man that was the master of them. Yeah, he came into the studio with us two or three times. Oh, cool. Uh, back yeah, one way still had uh, the Chattanooga Comic Convention, That's Comic Con, awesome. Chattanooga Science Fiction and Fantasy Convention. Top of the pops for you. Not really. Uh, you started off on shows. I started Squid Game just because I was curious. I That's watched. I, I watched. It's I started it too. I watched yeah. 15 minutes of it and said, "This is the stupidest thing I've ever seen in my no, life." And walked gotta, away. You got to get into it. Oh, you know, man. no. Me and no, my girlfriend watched no, it. We loved it. No. The subtitles are driving me nuts. Yeah, no, me too. yeah, the Japanese overacting, which they always do. Yes, I'm they sorry. Do. Uh, they're terrible actors. Korean. Right? I was gonna say they're Korean. Korean. <laughs> I don't. Whatever they are. They, I'm not going to make fun of the voices, but my God, they just <laughs> oh, no. don't match up. And they're terrible actors. They they could they don't do anything with their facial the expressions. It's cartoonish a little bit. Jerky. It is. And then the next thing I know, I thought it was supposed to be kind of funny. I knew that it was supposed to get oh, gory at some at point. No. But they got this guy in there jamming something up in his nose and yeah. making yeah. it bleed into yeah. a cup. Yeah, and I'm good. going, what is this? Oh. And and this I don't know if I'm going to stick with it, but I've started. Oh. It's yeah. a great it's worth sticking with in my opinion. It's a, mi it's a mini series, right? Yeah. Okay. Saturday good. Night Live yeah. did a whole bit on it. And for uh, the ladies, I also binge watched the whole the whole mini series of Made, 
M-A-I-D, which was very, very good. Oh, 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 oh. Do you know who that is? Is that the one about the, the woman who's fighting to keep her, get her yes. child back out yeah, of custody? Yeah, it's, it's about Yes, abuse. Rebecca Rebecca has absolutely gone deep into that one. Yeah. And it was, it was ten, one thing. It's ten episodes. It was one That's thing, it. but now it's something totally different. And yeah. I guess it was about the eighth episode. She was watching it last night, and I looked over her, and she had tears all over oh, her face. Oh, it's heartbreaking. It it's was heartbreaking. really, really, really um, something. Very powerful, though. And, you know, the whole time I was watching it, I was thinking, God, this girl looks so much like Andy McDowell, who plays her mother in mm. the show. Yeah. And it is, it's her daughter. It's actually her daughter. It's actually her daughter. Yeah. Yeah. On a similar vein, I'm really excited for the... Uh, the Kristen Stewart Princess Diana movie. That one looks freaking great. Oh, me too. Are you really? Yeah. I am. It was so easy to make fun of Spencer. her in Twilight, Spencer, yeah. but she's actually turned out to be a pretty darn good actress in other great. things. Yeah, you know, when she was a kid, she was in a show or a movie called The Panic Room with Jodie Foster, and yes. that was, that's a great movie. That's a great movie. Very quickly, Top of the Pops, brought to you by People's Home Equity. Don't start your search for a new home until you're pre-approved. That move saves you time, money, stress, and worry. Also, if you want to guide through the jungle of today's market, that's all covered with Bruce Dodd and Trevor Glass, 5919801, chatmortgage.com. And I want to remind everybody, we've got a Kickstarter campaign. We've got billboards up today. You'll start seeing the logo all around town. Uh, the Kickstarter campaign, real simple, guys. Give I us mean, money. Yeah, it's it's if you know two two hundred and fifty people out there who are friends of ours or who actually like this concept and think it has legs, twenty bucks a piece, and we'll hit the number that we need to hit, and then we'll be able to get some swag for our Patreon people. That's right. Yeah, some hoodies uh, and T-shirts. And people, stuff. absolutely. Where we'll have you know our own merchandise. We've got some behind the scenes video up there already. Yep. We're gonna have some other stuff. We're gonna be giving away. Uh, you can get find into the Kickstarter it. campaign link on our Facebook page. Just search the Chattanooga Drive-In Show. We are still working on some technological curves, you know, curveballs that have been thrown at us. YouTube has been very difficult to deal with because of the use of music that we have. We're going to figure that one out. Facebook has some funny rules that we keep running into when we think we've got everything figured out. If you ever can't find it on your favorite platform, It'll be on another platform. We haven't been shut out yet. Mm -hmm. We're we're feeling our way through this whole yeah, process. We're a work in progress. We're coping our uh, way through it. And other than that, I mean, uh, we're just asking you folks to to please just watch and listen to the competition. Report back on what they're doing right when they do it right, <laughs> and we'll give them some credit for it. And then we'll we might copy them, but mostly all the wrong stuff they're doing wrong and then we'll give them hell for it and we will not do that because it was not the right thing to do and we're also going to really get that phone line so you guys can actually call in podcasting guerrilla warfare it it is it is time for you to put some black markers up under your <laughs> eyes and a k-bar between your teeth and get out there and and you are joining the revolution with the the chattanooga drive-in show to improve this area's media coverage of the things that matter to the people who live here. Join the not-so-shining path. We have so much support, way back behind us support, from the movers and the shakers and the pillars of the community here because they know the media market here needs to be shaken up. It really, really, really does. Um, um. the part of the show, we end it on um, just as we think, did we miss anything? And I will say this. It is true, it is sad, 
and it may very well be inevitable. People have been talking about it for a long time, but we have eight states in the United States that no longer have any bumblebee population. Yeah, it's horrible. Um, we've talked about before my friend in China who talks about the armies of people that go out every day, this is their life, with paintbrushes to pollinate flowers because they completely eradicated bumblebees on that entire continent when they were going after mosquitoes yeah, with pesticides and herbicides back in the day. And now they literally can't get things to grow through the natural process. They're having to use people with paintbrushes and the honeybee population is just taking a decline. Yeah. And if you could please, we talked about this before, get rid of the yard mentality, get rid of the yard mentality, or at least leave islands with milkweed plants for the monarchs and with the various flowers, that the clover that attract the honeybees. We can't stay alive without them, folks. Yeah. It's not just honey. I mean, plants, if they're going to survive, they got to have something to pollinate them. And I'll leave you with this. This was just a little bitty blurb after we talked about the extinction of whatever it was, 24 different animals, birds, and species a couple of weeks ago. Mm -hmm. What would we bring back if we could bring back one? All right. Would you bring back one? Would you bring back an animal from extinction if you could, if yeah. science could do it? Absolutely, I would. This is the, they asked a bunch of different questions of a bunch of different people, and it came in this order. Uh, most people said the giant tortoise, yeah. followed by the dodo bird. I was thinking of the dodo, yeah. Interesting. I'm not sure what it would do other than just be, be something cool. to look at. <laughs> the woolly mammoth, which they're dead on. They're actually working on that right now mm -hmm. up in Siberia and other parts of Asia, bringing from the DNA that is trapped inside those little amber blocks. The Tasmanian Tiger. Yes. The Tasmanian yeah. Tiger. There is a movie called The Hunter starring Willem yes, Dafoe. Yes, that's a great movie. You need to watch it. It will absolutely break your heart, but it is so realistic, and it is so good, and so brutal, and it is so true. There was still Tasmanian Tigers up until just a couple of years ago, and the dang military powers were after them because of a certain type of venom it secreted mm -hmm. where it basically did a bite, subdued its its uh, victim, and ate its heart out. Yeah, It would be paralyzed, and then the tiger, it had, you've heard of Tasmanian devils, these tigers would literally eat the living heart of the, the still living creature before it started working on the rest of the torso and the military said we want some of that and so they went out looking for them and they eradicated them yeah that's horrible and stuff. the number one is a dinosaur just bring back a dinosaur of some kind that's the jurassic chickens. park effect yeah yeah as long as i got emus and ostriches i'm fine <laughs> i'm fine with those thanks everybody for listening anybody want to add anything anybody got a good catchphrase uh no. I like the one earlier. The with I can't remember what it was. With comes great to what? With, with come, yeah, uh, with, with great power. With great power comes great com, responsibility. Com, comes comes with great responsitriloquence. Yeah, yes. I like. I don't know why, I, but I like that. That's from, uh, yeah, from the Scarlet Spider. <laughs> that's just a, that's just one of those good ones, you know. Do you trust me? No. I'll take that as a yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, pulls out the gun on the airplane. Absolutely. 
You got to drax them sclounced. <laughs> you have no idea what that means. Look it up, Ken Peel. Thank you for listening. Uh, thank you to Lodge. Thank you to all of our sponsors. I know. Why are you feeling yourself like I'm that? I'm, 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 I'm covered with, with, with poison ivy and oh, okay. blood bites from that, that walk through the woods. I tell you, it, it's very unsightly. You want to see it? No. All right. Talk to you guys tomorrow. Thank you for listening very much. Thank you.